Guys, it's Saints week, and I couldn't be more fired up. And listen, I'm a competitive guy, and same with my man Trace, who runs our Saints Now channel here at Chat Sports. And we said, let's challenge Vikings fans. Let's challenge Saints fans. Which team can pick up the most subscribers this week? We're starting at 0-0. So if you're here or if you're new here on the channel, go down there, hit that sub button for all the latest Vikings news and rumors. But let's get into our Viking Saints preview right now. I just love playing the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I just absolutely love playing the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, we don't need to bring up 2009, but man, I love playing the Saints. And my name is Patrick Seaman. Welcome in the Vikings. Now, we're going to be diving into a full preview here, but man, you look at these two photos with the Stefan Diggs, Minneapolis Miracle, and then obviously the Kyle Rudolph push-off. If there is a team that has kind of more of a rivalry with the Vikings that's out of the division, I think it's either the Saints or the Eagles. I'd probably have to go the Saints, but I love this week. It feels like we play the Saints every damn year, and every single time, it's a great game. Even last year in the London game, I mean, it came down to a Will Lutz uh, field goal at the end of it in an unreal matchup, and I fully expect this week to be the same thing. But on today's show, we're going to be giving you guys a Justin Jefferson injury update that we did get from Adam Schefter, and then also just diving into a full Vikings versus Saints preview. I'll kind of be explaining to you guys how the Saints have been doing this year and kind of just giving you guys everything you know on that side of things and also keys to victory. But Adam Schefter yesterday on ESPN had this to say about Justin Jefferson because obviously Jefferson missed the last four weeks. He was put on IR with a hamstring injury and a lot of Vikings fans hope that he will come back. And this is what Schefter had to say. He said Jefferson isn't expected to return this week, but it doesn't sound like he's far away. So I think it's up in there. Probably not playing this week. Maybe he comes back next week uh, against the Denver Broncos. But that's the update we have on Justin Jefferson. And the question is, do we even need him? When Jefferson's been on IR, the Vikings are 4-0. I don't think we need him. No, I'm kidding. Of course we need Justin Jefferson, man. He's the best weapon in the NFL. Uh, if people forget this year, he was on a historic pace, like a historic pace. He was on pace through the first three weeks to have over 2,600 yards on the season. But the Vikings need him this week, and they specifically need him against the Saints secondary because they got two dudes who you could legitimately make an argument are two top five corners in the NFL. If you guys don't know who Paulson Debo is, he's been kind of having a breakout year for the Saints. And, you know, PFF graded him out as such. He's got an 87 uh, PFF coverage grade. Then, obviously, we know Marshawn Lattimore. Um, he's one of the best corners in the NFL over the past couple of seasons. He's an absolute dog. And, like, the Saints have a really, really solid secondary. And that's why I'm very excited about this matchup. Even with or without Jefferson, just seeing Addison, Hawkinson, you know, Brandon Powell go up against that Saints secondary, I think it's going to be freaking awesome. So, listen, that's the one matchup this week that I kind of am going to have my eyes kind of peeled towards is like, how can this Saints secondary match up with the Vikings wide receiver core? Because I said it, if the, Je if, if the Vikings do have Jefferson this week, there is not a team in the NFL that I think can match up with them. But if there is one team, it's probably the Saints with that uh, CB duo of Adebo and Marshawn Lattimore. But before we get into more around this Saints-Vikings preview, let's show number 18 some love. Hopefully he can come back this week. Not looking likely, but maybe if we type those 18s down in the comment section, he will come back. So go show the best wide receiver, the best weapon in the NFL. Some love down in the comment section. Type those 18s. But now let's get into it. Let's get to know the New Orleans Saints. Hey, they got a new quarterback. They got Derek Carr. It's a totally different team than it was last season. And listen, the Saints, they're 5-4 and four just like us um, here in Minnesota. And let's just dive into it. Here are what they, uh, how they rank out offensively so far in the league. Uh, pretty middle middle of the pack offense. Um, 
listen, they got some good weapons. Taysom Hill, you know, uh, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, like they have dudes on the outside. Uh, you know, quarterback play has been pretty hit or miss for the Saints this year, but they grade or they rank, you know, pretty middle of pack all over the place. I mean, yards 14th, passing yards 10th, rushing yards 18th, points per game exactly middle of the pack at 15th, then third down at 20th. But this is where the Saints kind of there. This is their bread and butter. It's the defensive side of football, and that's been their backbone over the past couple of seasons. I mean, and this year they're kind of living up to it again. You know, uh, it's funny, like my man Trace, who runs our Saints channel, like he cannot stand Dennis Allen as a head coach, but he always says he's a very good defensive coordinator. He knows that side of football pretty similar to Mike Zimmer in his last couple of years in Minnesota where it's like, yeah, do we love him as a head coach? Probably not, but in terms of coaching defense, he's pretty good. I mean, the Saints are top five in a lot of these categories, and, you know, obviously the rushing defense is not too, too good, but, I mean, the Saints always have a good defense, and it's because of mainly these five guys right here. I mean, Cam Jordan – I mean, Cam Jordan, I swear, I, I wish I actually had his stats versus, versus the Vikings, but he has killed the Vikings, it felt like. Obviously, the two corners that we've been talking about, those guys are absolute dogs. Then, actually, Cam Jordan kind of has a running mate on that side, in, uh, or on the other side of the uh, or other side of the field, or whatever. Yeah, you guys know what I'm saying. And Carl Granderson, he has had a great, great year. Then they got two good linebackers also in Demario Davis and Pete Warner. So they got some monsters down, uh, down in New Orleans on the defensive side of the fall, ball. But the one dude that I think could really game wreck this game for the Saints, Taysom Hill, man. I mean, us Vikings fans, especially that wild card game a couple years ago, like Taysom Hill has killed us. And Taysom Hill has owned the Vikings in the past, and he is looking dangerous this year. They've really started to get him back into the offense the past couple weeks. And these are stats versus the Vikings. I mean, pretty ridiculous that he's 4 402 yards. He's got four receptions. Um, I think that's supposed to be around about 49 yards on that one. That's on us. And then 17 carries, 87 yards, three total touchdowns against the Vikings. He has just absolutely owned them. I mean, especially Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer used to say he's the hardest guy to scout for in the entire NFL. So Taysom Hill, he's kind of my biggest fear. He's the one dude that I'm really nervous about, you know, killing the Vikings this season or in this game against the Saints. So Taysom Hill, he's kind of my number one biggest fear, biggest game record if it's not a guy on the defensive side of the ball. But coming up here in just a second, I'm going to be giving you guys my keys to victory. How can the Vikings get this 6-4, and four, extend this winning streak to five games? I'll give you guys my thoughts here in a second, but I do want to give a huge shout-out to Game Time, our sponsor on today's edition of Vikings Now. And if you guys use the code VIKINGSCHAT, you guys will get $20 off your first purchase. Listen, Game Time's awesome. It's the best seats, lowest price guaranteed, and the prices actually drop as the event gets closer. I love using game time. It's awesome. You can actually look around on your phone and see your view from the seat. Like you can literally look around in the stadium, see what your view would be looking like. Anytime I go to a music show, comedy event, literally whatever that involves buying a ticket, I use game time. You guys should too. But if you guys use that code VIKINGSCHAT, you guys will get $20 off your first purchase. Make sure to put that link for you guys in the comment section and the description of this video but guys get hooked up with game time today use that code vikings chat and you guys will get twenty dollars off your first purchase link for you guys in the comment section and the description of today's show well, let's dive into some keys to victory and number one for me i mean it's got to be around the quarterback number 15 the new qb1 in minnesota and let the dobbs magic continue man the dobbs magic has been fantastic and literally against the falcons on when he got no offensive reps that entire week they had to go over his cadences before he got into the game. That's how limited of reps he's had with this offense, and he was great, man. I mean, yes, he did have the safety and the two fumbles, which I can kind of chalk that up to, you know, uh, 
you know, just not being too experienced in the offense, but he's 20 or 30, 160 yards, really strong on the ground, seven carries, 66 yards. He's actually the highest rated rusher in the entire NFL this season, and he had obviously three total touchdowns. And this team is just starting to feel like 2017 all over again. Like, I've been wearing this shirt the past couple of days just to kind of get the vibes and the energy matching that 2017 year. But there is a special feeling around this group. Like, you lose Kirk Cousins, Jaron Hall, Jefferson, Darisaw. You lose uh, Marcus Davenport. Like, injuries. Cam Akers now. Like, injuries all over this team, and you were able to rattle off four wins in a row when you were 0-3, 1-4. Whenever people were calling you that you could have been tanking for Caleb Williams, this team just doesn't stop fighting. I think it you know, speaks to the culture and just overall identity that Kevin O'Connell has instilled in this football team. I don't know, man. I just, I just have a f- special feeling about this group. We'll see how high and uh, how far they can kind of ride this magical roller coaster that they are on right now. But number two for me, you got to lean on the big fellas up front. The offensive line for the Vikings has been great this entire season, uh, and especially tr- uh, credit to the tackles like Brian O'Neill, Christian Derrissaw. I mean, we knew they're two of the best tandems uh, in the entire league. But obviously, when adding Dalton Reisner, him stepping in for uh, Ezra Cleveland at that left guard spot, he's been great. And actually, Ed Ingram. Like, Ed Ingram, we were calling for him to be benched uh, after the first preseason game. And uh, listen, he's been great this year. He has really stepped his game up. I mean, last week, he rated out 81.4 in pass blocking grade against the Falcons, which was his highest of the season in the pass blocking department. Even Garrett Bradbury's been very solid as well. But specifically, Brian O'Neill. And this is a crazy stat that I saw. Brian O'Neill right now leads the entire NFL with a 94.7 pass block win rate. That's insane. So every time there's a drop back, he wins that rep 95% of the time. I mean, we knew Brian O'Neill, obviously an absolute stud, and it's starting. I'm happy he's starting to get like kind of the national media recognition because I'll tell you what, even though Josh Dobbs has not been experienced in this offense, you can really make it easy on a guy when you can say, hey, you got your star right tackle, Get your star left tackle. Yes, the interior is a little shaky, but with uh, Reisner, Bradbury, and Ingram, they've been starting to kind of get that continuity going, so they've been playing wet better. So lean on the offensive line and third and longs. Even if they blitz, maybe you don't need to bring the running back in. Maybe you don't need to bring a tight end in. And maybe let's get the run game going because that's his one weak spot of the Saints' defense. They do let up a lot of rushing yards. Maybe the Vikings can finally start running the football because they really haven't been able to all year. So lean on the O-line in both the pass blocking department and the run blocking department. But number three. Um, let's get after Derek Carr, man. Uh, listen, Derek Carr is one of those guys. It's like very up and down. Like there's hills and valleys to his games. And if you get after him, like you can really fluster this guy. Like he's a middle of the pack quarterback, kind of in that same conversation. I don't think he's on the level of cousins and golf, probably just a step below there, but very similar types of players. And Hey, the one dude that could get after Derek Carr the best, Daniel Hunter. I mean, Daniel Hunter on unreal year so far. Like, and the thing that I love so much is the TFLs. Like, we've always criticized him. Get better in the run game. Set the edge a little better. And he's done that this season. I mean, 10 sacks, 13 tackles for loss, 35 pressures, and 46 tackles on the year. He's really making an argument that he could be defensive player of the year if the Vikings do end up making the playoffs. Let's just say he ends up with 16, 17 sacks, gets up to 25 tackles for loss, and he has an 80-pressure season with almost 90 tackles. I mean, like, he could really make an argument to win the depoy this season in the NFL. And this has been his best year so far in his NFL career. Like, we go back to the two seasons where he had back-to-back 14-and-a-half sack seasons. He was great. But I really do think this year, in terms of the combination of what he's done in the run game, what he's done getting after a quarterback, add those two together, I think he's a top-five edge in the league. I, I think he's just a step below. I still go, like, Garrett, you know, uh, 
TJ Watt, Micah, and like Bosa up there ahead of him, but he's probably fifth for me right now. And uh, listen, this has been his best year so far. Shout out to 99. You know, Daniel Hunter, I'm so happy they didn't trade him at the deadline. Maybe let's lock him up now because he's on an expiring deal. He's probably going to get the bag this offseason. I just hope he gets the bag from us. Vikings, I mean, you've got to lock up Hunter, Daniel, and or Hunter, Jefferson, and Derisaw. There's a lot of money to spend there. But uh, uh, Daniel Hunter, let's get after Derek Carr. I think he's going to be, be a big reason for that. But guys, game this weekend, Vikings, Saints. Go down there, predict the score for me. If I had to get my early score prediction right now, you guys know I'm going to take the Vikings to win this one. I think it's I think it's going to be a little bit of a low-scoring just grudge match. I, I'll take the Vikings, chalk answer. I'll go 20 to 17, maybe a game-winning field goal. Anytime the Vikings and Saints play, though, you know it's going to be a close ball game. So I'm fired up for it. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Also, we'll be live on the channel an hour before kickoff this Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Time. And also give me a follow on Twitter at PatSeep. There's a Twitter handle. That link's in the comment section and the description of today's show. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hopefully the Vikings beat the Saints this weekend. See you all next time. Skull Vikes. Thank you.